everyone, and welcome to the Legion with Live Stream, episode number 232, the 5th of October, 2019. Get your feet wet, baby, the water's fine. Here with your live stream hosts, Alex, Garthon Marsh, and Brett, Heathen Dog, Grissomer. Hello, everyone. I hope we find you well. And, uh, yeah, water's fine. That's bathing right. suit's optional. That's right, baby. You don't have to wear a bathing suit. You want to come in in a regular suit? You can do that, too. We don't mind. That's right. You don't have to take even your shoes off. We don't care. That's how crazy it is in this place. Up in this... Cuckoo bananas, baby. Cuckoo bananas. <laughs> bring your bring your kookaburra birds, because it's cuckoo in here. All right. Um. So how are you doing today, Mr. Heathen Dog? Hmm. I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, my son is enrolled in uh, karate classes. Morhawkers is or no suit. Is that an option? Or no, it is an option. No yeah. suit. Suits are option. Yeah. Terrifying. But uh, yeah, not not for actual like you know fighting kids in the playground stuff. Uh -huh. More for uh, to grow focus and attention span. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So he's had I don't know three classes this week and he likes it quite a bit. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. My I, I my nephew is at a martial arts competition. That's that's cool. So I got. The uh, set of card has on TFLs. Yes, he does. Let's see. What have I been doing? I have been playing. I've been doing stuff. I work. I work a lot. That's what I do. You work a lot. I work I a lot. I play Seven Days to Die. That's good. I and played Final I, Fantasy And I III. died. <laughs> Not surprisingly. I did surprisingly. finally beat Nier Automata. So that was neat. Hey, yeah, good. That was fun. It's a, not exactly old game, but it's a good game. I Ravens think it's... Karate. There's Kar no karate. well. You can karate, and you can not use a weapon and punch people. Well, no, I, uh, Ravens are asked about my son. Which one is he, karate uh, or judo? But now uh, the uh, Nier Automata is a good game. It's worth playing. It's a little. I think it's a little overrated. Not that the game's bad in any way, but with the breathless praise the game gets for its story, it's a really good story. And it's presented in a very nice way. They do a lot of great things. I'd give it an eight out of ten. You know. Not, not a 10. Still, or a, still high It's praise. a really, really good game, but it's yeah. not... I don't think it deserves the breathless praise some people give it. That's just me. Okay. That's just me. Speaking of breathless praise, what do we have going on today? Did I beat the secret Uber boss near Automata? No, because I don't like the game that much. I like it, but I'm not going to grind to level 99 to beat a meal, because who cares? Mm -hmm. If your final story is hidden behind a level 99 mega boss, don't put it in there. Okay? Because no one's going to do that, except the crazies. I got... Six different endings of that game. I'm not getting the seventh. That's just mad. That's madness. Madness, I say. All right. Speaking of madness, today's segments on Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dog, we have RPG Fundamental Stars Without Number, Revised Free Edition, The System. In... That's right. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you basically how the system works, how to how to navigate everything. And uh, of course, there's going to be special stuff like that. But if you if you listen to this guide, you understand it, you're going to be able to play the game. That's it. Sounds good. In Garthon's Confo, we're going to talk about Black Cat number five, Spider-Verse number one, and House of X number six. Yeah, no DC this week because most of the DC books aren't we're talking about. I said it. <laughs> Uh, there are some good DC books. None of them have Tom King anywhere involved in their creation. That's how it works, yeah. yeah and, and so the sooner he leaves, the better. Just saying. 
But, uh, yeah, it sounds like he's getting a whole new book all on his own that he could ruin. So that's great. You go, Tom. And in the RNG segment, we are going to see what does Heathen Dog think a giveaway Plex server looks like? Yes, this is – now, remember you – know, well, you don't have to remember. You're going to see it in a minute when oh, we talk about our – Justice is good, yes. That's good. When we talk about our, our, our giveaway for reaching all of our goals. But I'm going to show you what one lucky viewer is going to win. Ooh, very exciting. I'm show it to you. That's right. Yes. In all its glory. Case All its glory. <gasps> so remember, Case is actually a, a wood plank with nails in it. <laughs> You hang, you hang your motherboard hang on, on that. Good. Yep. <laughs> hey, that's, that's good cooling right there. So remember, everyone, 2020 is coming soon. At Gen Con 2020, we will be there. Badge registration, 26th of January. Ooh, we have real dates. Yes. So be there, 26th of January. Sign up. Get a badge, because they run out quick, as I recall. They do. Activity sign up, 17 May 2020. The event is 30 July to 2 August. Start playing now to join the Legion Myth at Gen Con 2020. We want you there with us at the Gen Conning. Now, join our just Gen Con discussion board. Discord, go there. Talk with us. Be there. Hang with us. Game with us. It's fun. Because we're going to be there. Yep. Stream schedule. Elgarian, Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Playing Shroud of the Avatar. The premier Shroud of the Avatar stream on the internet. If you could find a better Shroud of the Avatar stream on the internet, you are wrong. Because the best one is Elgarian. And if you need help with Shroud of the Avatar, you go to RPO.com. Or sodahelp.org for help with the Shroud of the Avatar, the premier help site for Shroud of the Avatar. And if you are a fan of role-playing within our MMOs, especially Shroud of the Avatar, go to rpota.com for role-players of the Avatar. That's good. Hanging off a block of ice from water cool. There you go, there right there. Bam. Genius. And Monday at 8 p.m., he's playing Left 4 Dead 2 with Heathen Dog, where they are yeah. Left 4 Dead many times. Oh, we, oh my God, we got our butt. We have to play on easy. To, <laughs> to, to get, we, we actually had two viewers... Come in and help us. We had my fault and Sheris come in. So we had all all player characters, no AIs helping us. We got our butts handed to us on a platter. All of a I was like, mm, but and they it was it's impossible for us to win. So I have to dumb down to the level. I don't know what if they have a mod that all zombies die in one hit. That'd be great. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna there, use that. Is it what's below easy? What's below? Yeah, what's below easy? Baby diaper fog of mirror diaper mode. I don't know. Do you have a pace yeah, eater we're, level? We're do that because we're getting. It's been three weeks now to, uh, getting by this one stage. <laughs> you could do it. I, it. I believe in in you. It's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. Walk in the park mood. That there would do it. And he the dog. Monday, eight p.m. Left for two. We talked about that. Thursday, eight thirty. Imperial Galactic Survival with Garthon and you, the viewers. So That's right be there. As we build the world and we kill the Xerax in Empyrean. Dirty, dirty Xerax. And Garthon gets intestinal worms and breaks his legs and all sorts of horrible things. <laughs> I fell off of a hovering, hovering craft. That is true. <laughs> I fell like three miles. That is true. <laughs> uh, and Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Don't forget, he's going to be playing Seven Days to Die. You're supposed to say Seven that. Days to Die, that's right. And I usually die once a day at least. <laughs> I, 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 the last time I died, it was from blood loss by being mauled to death by three zombie dogs. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Screenshot didn't count. He has streams. That's many I have streams. You can go look at the VOD. It's awesome. And uh, Saturday, 8 p.m., 9 Eastern, Legion with a live stream. Do that right now. You should be here. Good times. Hanging out. Wrapping along. 
winning prizes. We don't have prizes today. Just us. No, not today. Tomorrow, next week. Garth has the other stuff as well as Sundays, 9 p.m., 10 Eastern, Final Fantasy 3. Uh, we're getting close to the Dark World, I think, which is the second half of the game, I've been told. I've never made it that far. Uh, things are going quacky cuckoo, and it, no one likes anyone in that game. It's fun. Hmm. It's insane. But we also third to, channel. Second channel. Well, I count mine as the second channel, but whatever. Well, does yours say Legion with two? Shut up. I'm going to change it to Legion Myth, the Ocho. No, I need the Ocho. <laughs> no, I'm doing the Ocho. <laughs> so, all right, Max Leo, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, do at 12 p.m. That's noon, right? Destiny 2. That's, yes. Be there. Or watch and you know the what? It is a first-person shooter. It is. That he actually likes. Well, he liked other ones. No. Because <laughs> no. he goes out of his way every time. It's like, damn, I can't believe I like this game. <laughs> you can have the Cinco. Ooh, the Cinco. Ooh. Ocho Cinco. And Noro is actually streaming again. All hail. Thursday, 11 a.m. Cat Quest 2. She defeated Cat Quest 1. She owned it. She made it her... I'm trying to remember what the Kitten? female version of a cat is. It's Queen? I don't know. What's a female cat called? Hmm. Hmm. Because I know what female dog is. What is a, a female cat called? This is Google is my friend. Yeah. I feel like ESPN uh, called plus cat. Uh, <laughs> Where's her says bitch? I thought it's a dog. That yeah, that's a dog. Because a female breeding cat's called a queen, isn't it? So it could be queen. Bitch is common a female dog, and only a few know the female what the she cats are called. Popular cartoon character named Tom. In reality, told truth. Male cats are called Tom. Female right. cats have two names. Generally, they're referred to as a Molly. Oh, Molly. Molly. And uh, but when a cat is expecting, pregnant, or about to give birth to kittens, that's when they're called queens. Okay, so they're called a Molly unless they are giving birth and then they're queens. Unless they're pregnant or giving birth and then that's, all right, they're, they're called queens. So she made that thing her queen. Because that's she right. now, knocked it up and made it happen. Don't her anyone say we didn't. You didn't learn anything on this channel. That's you learned right. something. Yes, you got to see. Got to see Max fail while trying to platform above liquid methane. <laughs> that was. Did that he was rage quit? I want to hear he rage quit. No, he didn't rage quit. He's like, oh no, this is the platform part. Oh, suck. Oh, son of a bitch. Ah! And you can watch Der Deutschland branch of the Legion of Myth on Twitch.tv slash Legion Myth Two. That's right. Even though they're American, I don't know what they are. They're not actually no, German. One's America, one's there. Japanese. Well, and she... they live in Germany, so it's a melting pot. It's great. You can call it melting pot. I call it a meeting of the Axis powers. You know, whatever you want. But hey, oh, <laughs> what? I'm oh. just saying. You know, all they need to do is eat it out Italian, and there they go. Just saying. Oh, you hear that? You hear that? I hear a European ambulance taking Max Lee out to the bird ward. <laughs> oh, sorry, Max. Hey, I love wee, you. Wee. Actually. <laughs> I didn't do it, you know. America. So, thank you for over 50 plus followers to Legion with 2. We really appreciate it. Thank you for following the exploits of Max and Sunoro. Uh, they appreciate it. We all appreciate it. Good times. Make sure you tune in. And when Heathen Dog and I create the Ocho, we'll let you know. Show. Yeah, turn in that too. That rhymed. All right, remember, Legion Myth, join us at Discord. Discord. Blah, blah, blah. Follow us on Twitter, Legion Myth. Watch on YouTube, youtube.com slash Legion Myth.
Garth says, not ready to find something about Alice. My doodles haven't been weaponized yet. Watch on Twitch, Twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Get our gear. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. He and I are both sporting our proud Legion of Myth gear right now. Boom. Boom. Chakalaka. Current goals. Twitch follower goals 1,000. We have that. We love you. Thank you very much. Yes. Twitch subscriber goal. Trying to get 100. Trying to get 100. We have two months. October, we did it. Ooh. Very exciting. Actually, no, no. Uh, well, it's at the end of the month because the subscriptions lapse in the middle of the month. So uh, by the end of at the end of the month, we have to have 100. We did it in September thanks to Zahn. Thank you, Zahn. No, definitely no small thanks to Zahn. But uh, if we do it one more time, it's locked. And then we can concentrate on the Patreon and YouTube, YouTube subscribers. And subscribers. Yes. That's right. That'll be excellent. So remember, Twitch Rob subscribers. Well, uh, YouTube, we're at 1,500. Uh, we're trying to get 1500. We're at 1389. So that's going up. Thank you very much. Patreon. We are 44. Trying to get 100. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. We appreciate it. We're holding steady. Thank you very much for all of our Patreon patrons. Uh, so Twitch follow subscribers. Ask all Twitch giveaways and contests, anime, comics, giveaway, live streams, daily try the Avatar streams, and stuff unleashing with two follow subs counts toward the goal. So we're adding those in. So that's good. Yep. YouTube subscribers, individual live stream savings, count towards additional uh, Legion with content, and our Patreon, Patreons, YouTube members, you get better value, everything works better, member-only content, what'll happen to meet these goals? For each goal in 2019, we'll give away, have a giveaway specifically for that venue. Uh, Twitch subscriptions and followers are done. Uh, we're going to hit YouTube and Patreon next. More games, gift cards, more excellent things. If all four goals are met and held for three months, We'll have a giveaway with over 1,000 in prizes, including an epic portrait done by I, Garthon, which will be acrylics on canvas, and he and the dogs will be given away a computer, which we'll talk about in the RNG this episode. That's right. You need to enter some Izon subscription lapses are starting at the end of the month. Oh. oh. Yeah, that's all up to Zon. The... And Twitch, we have one more month to lock in, so let's try and get that done. That'll be awesome because the end of the year is coming. Tell everyone, like, subscribe, comment, share, more engagement, more growth, more growth, more prizes, more prizes, more stuff for you. So tell friends, families, nerds, anyone you know, we have over 40 of content in the live stream alone. Any reviews, coffee reviews, game info, nerd stuff of all sorts, daily Twitch screens, amazing Strat the Avatar content. As I've said, and I am not being facetious, the best Strat the Avatar stream on the internet. Even better than the companies. I tell you what. Yeah. Shroud of the Avatar has a Twitch channel. By com it's, it's good, but by comparison, pales. Pales! Well, that's absolutely Elgarian's better. Team Ups, Empyrean, Galactic Survival, Left 4 Dead 2, Interesting Retro Games, Final Fantasy 3, Destiny 2, Shadowkeep, One Legend of the 2, YouTube videos, Intro Live Stream Tabletop RPGs, How To's, Unboxings, and Other Fundamentals. Thank you so much to our Patreons, our Patreons, our Twitch supporters, Gary M, Illuminati, Brian H, Sherish, thank you so much for your long time memberships. Thank you so much. And Zahn, our hero in Cheers, thank you so much. And gift subscriptions. You're insane. Do not take treatment. We love you. Stay off the meds, man. <laughs> stay, stay how, or, or whatever you're taking, keep on it. Or, you know, hey, if you're on meds and you're doing this, then there's no shame in the med game. That's you know? right. Stay you know, on it. Stay on it. <laughs> whatever you're doing, keep at it. Yes. Push, <laughs> so thank you for through. our subscriptions. We appreciate all of our subscribers. Remember, every month we have a subscriber-only giveaway, and as a subscriber, you can be a part of that. Rating system, half-star horrible. Five-star extraordinary. We very rarely give that out, and we really mean it when we do. Really, 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 we really do. Uh, I give away a lot of fours because I love things. I love, I love my friend. I live, I laugh, I love. <laughs> All you need is laugh. Uh, Garthon does love fours. Uh, well, I don't know if I love it. If I was to rate the number four, I'd give it four stars. 
<laughs> I see what you did there. <clears throat> they should mention meds. You need to take mine. Go for it, Raven Slayer. Meds for Do everyone. That. Do that. He the, he likes meds are in liquid form. That's true. As a matter of fact, I should take some meds right now. Oh, don't do that. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Ah, we can't see you anyway. Disclaimer. Oh, no. The it's a disaster. expressed in this episode are solely the opinion of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. And it's entirely possible they are being facetious at the time, so it's not really their opinion either. While we make an effort to write a family friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for understanding and continued viewership. Oh, Ravenslayer invoked the four stars. But thankfully, that's a private one he cannot use. Ha ha. Ah. Baldahar's not here right now. He's missing out. That's right. Could have had an early four star. After the explosion that caused the Big Bang, the center of the universe immediately caused an explosion outward of energy and light, expanding infinitely through space. So therefore, my friends, if you were to take the most powerful radio telescopes in the world and look beyond, you would actually be able to find the edge of the known universe simply because the light has not traveled there yet. There is no there there yet. It is beyond the scope of what is encompassed by the Big Bang, my friends. That is the edge of reality. That is the edge of what is. How could the universe have a finite and an infinite plane, my friends, when there is nothing there, but there must be something there, for the space is then filled by the reality we know, caused by the very center of the locus of what was once nothing by this infinitesimal point that created all things and all star stuff, my friends. So I tell you, my friends, there's one way we could go there, my friends, through the power of your mind. Reach out. Reach out, my friends. Mentally link your mind to mind. Hold out your mental hands. Grab tightly as we journey upon this thought starship to the very edge of light, my friends. There, in that dark, dark space where only the weakest of beams have managed to stretch out small, grasping, tentative hands at the very edge of reality. There, do not be afraid. Reach into the beyond and grab! Heed the dogs. RPG Tabletop Fundamentals. Stars without number. Thank you very much, Garthon. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I hope we find you well. Today, we're going to talk about Stars Without Number. It is a game of humanity in the far-flung future, lost and adrift on thousands of planets, cut off from each other, trying to rebuild society that fell apart. And if this interests you, I'm sure there's going to be a card next to me right over here, giving you my introduction to the game, all the backstory, all the things you're going to want to know. And... If you like that, go ahead and uh, follow the channel, subscribe, do all that good stuff to get more content all the time. Now, back to Stars Without Number. These are the details. Uh, it came out in 2010, the original version. I'm talking about the revised version, which came out in 2017, by Kevin Crawford, self-published. It's good. It's a good book. You know, it. if you read the book, you'd say, okay, which which company made this? No. And of course, you can get it at DraftTheRPG for $19.99. Uh, the free edition obviously is free. The only the difference between the free and the bought version is there's a couple classes and uh, a couple of powers that are absent, but you don't need them to thoroughly enjoy this game. Trust me. But if you want the hardcover, you're hardcore. Like I like the feel of a hardcover book. It'll run you 60 bucks on eBay. It's more than that. So drive through RPG is the way to go on that one. So check that out. All right. Now let's get down to the business, the system, okay? 
We're gonna, I'm going to talk about all the things you need to know to be able to play the game. We're going to talk about attributes. We're going to talk about how to roll them up, what they do for you. General overview. I'll be more specific during the character generation when they become more... Uh, I don't know when they when they get more into focus when they when they matter more at the moment. Wait, this, and this then we're talking giant about robots. This game does have giant robots. I'm in. Yes. All right. And skill checks: how to calculate success and failure for things you know and things you don't know, things you don't know well, things you know very well. I don't know. Saving throws. It has it, it has saving throws just like a lot of OSR games, and uh, you want to avoid these situations. You got to roll the die, man. Hopefully you get lucky. And of course, scenes and durations. Now this is going to come in important. The length of a scene, what is a scene, how long do my abilities last if it says one scene, what does that mean? I'm going to tell you. And then, of course, we're going to go into some combat. So you can see how combat works, how to smite your enemies, raise the villages, plunder, and, uh, you know, do the whole Conan thing. But first, we're going to talk about attributes, talk about your statistics. Now, this one, again, nothing new. This is uh, the OSR type attribute. Strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Anyone who's ever picked up a D&D book will know all of these things. And rolling them is old school as well. You roll 3D6, you add it up, and then you go down the list. Boom, boom, one at a time. Write, write your number. Those are your stats. Now, this is very draconian. Even when it was D&D, I was like, damn, 3D6, that... That's like averaging nine, 10. That's kind of, kind of bad, but they give you, they give you two lifelines in this one. After you roll all your stats, the odds of you rolling a really crappy stat are pretty very high. Low. Well, no, no, no. I mean, a really crappy, there's only one super crappy stat. That's a three. You got to roll triple ones. All right. Here's your first out. You can, if you want, replace any stat with a 14. Any stat you want with a 14, any one stat, your choice after you roll. That's great. You can really get rid of a really crappy stat. Or if you had your heart set on playing a certain class, but your strength or intelligence or charisma or whatever is just too low, replace it with a 14. Definitely not too low anymore. Or you can go the predetermined route and just choose your stats from below. 14, 12, 11, 10, 9, 7. It's made to where four of them are average, one is just below average, and one is just above average. Rounds you out. You can choose that. Those are your choices. Take it or leave it. I love it. Now, I want you to look at the ability score modifiers in the second picture below. Unlike D&D, they're, they're very low. D&D goes anywhere from plus or minus four to plus 12 or 14 or whatever for like giant strength or junk like that. No, no, no. Maximum plus two, maximum minus two. And only the highest and lowest stat possible gives you those bonuses. Now, the reason they did this is genius. The reason they did this is because they want to make stats not matter. Okay. A low stat or a high stat is now less about gameplay and more about flavor. It gives you role-playing opportunity rather than a huge bonus or a huge detriment during your life and gameplay, which I like. I like it a lot. Good bonus for this, for this system. I like it. Now, let's move on to skills. All right, here's how they work. There's a skill check. You roll 2d6. You compare it to the target number on the, on the picture below. 6, 8, 10, 12, or 14 or higher. 
if you equal or greater, your, if your roll is equal or greater to the target number, you make it. Now, here's how you calculate your skill. First, you have a skill level. Level zero means you have the skill. It's basic, you're trained. And then levels one through four means you are not only trained, expertly trained, but also practiced toward the end. Now, each skill level adds its level to the result. So if you have skill level zero, it's, a, it's just you rolling, okay? But if you have no skill in it at all, you roll at a minus one. Here's an example. Uh, you are you're a pilot and you're trying to land in a combat zone, all right? Let's just say it's gonna be target number eight. It's a significant challenge. You're being shot at a lot and this target zone is a, is a makeshift landing area. So it's not exactly ideal in any in any way, shape, or form. So you roll your 2d6 plus your skill level. Let's say your skill level is two. So you roll 2d6 plus two, that is your result. You need to roll at least a six to equal the target number of eight. And that would be just below an average roll on 2d6. So you got a little, little tiny bit better than 50-50 shot of doing it, but hey, you're getting shot at, what do you want? There's more. Your attribute, if it is exceptional, you get either a plus one or a plus two or a minus one, minus two, depending on if it's exceptional one way or the other, added to the result. So in that old example, you roll 2d6 plus your skill level, which is two, plus your ability. Let's say you have a dex of 14. That's a plus one. Now you have a total of 2d6 plus three. Now you need to roll a five or higher on 2d6 to equal eight. Now, the important thing to remember is you are not going to be rolling skills all the time. In fact, the book does not want you to roll skills unless it's super important. The, the book does not want you to waste your time rolling for everything. For example, if you are landing and you're it's a normal landing, you're not under fire, it is a proper airfield, you're not rolling. As long as you have the skill at skill level zero, you're not rolling. Oh, but there's some... There's some wind shear. It's like, no, that there's wind shear on an average day and in, in every flight. No, but it has to be storm. That's different. That is unusual situation. You are in the middle of a thunderstorm. That's different. Now you have to roll, but air pocket, wind shear, whatever you're have a headwind. That, that crap doesn't matter. That happens all the time. Just raining. Right? Yeah. Just raining. Whatever. doesn't matter. You got, that's what instruments are for. It's, it's foggy. You got instruments. Shut up. So the game does not want you to roll unless it's dramatic. So you, if you have the skill, you just win unless it's dramatic if you fail. That's it. Then it takes us to saving throws. This is how you avoid misfortune. Now, saving throws, if you don't know, which everyone should, if something has already happened to you, this is your chance to mitigate the damage or lessen it so much that it, it's avoided. Say uh, there is, it's falling rocks out of the sky. You roll a saving throw to try and take cover. Uh, you are bitten by a snake. That happened to you. It's poisonous. Oh, now your body has to fight off the poison. You would roll a saving throw. There are three kinds of saving throws in this game. Physical, mental, and evasive. Physical ones are obviously uh, you are fighting exhaustion. You're fighting a poison, disease, something like that. You roll a saving throw. A physical one. Mental. Uh, you have to stay focused on something for extreme long a time. You're, you're battling mental stress or you're under some kind of torture or some kind of telepathic invasion. You'd roll 
a mental saving throw. Evasive. These are dodging. Is dodging. Getting out of the way of that of that giant rolling rock, Indiana. Get out of the way. You roll your evasive save. All saving throws start at 15. Now you roll your d20, you make a 15 or higher, and you get it. It goes down by one per level, modified by the relevant attribute. And this is where the attributes get a, get a good name yet again. Now, I said earlier that I like them a lot because it, it doesn't give or take away too much from gameplay. So much so that even now, you it, the, the game gives you an out because you choose your best stat from strength or con to augment or detriment your physical saving throw. Wisdom or charisma for your mental and dex or intelligence for your evasive. So if you have one dump stat, like, oh, crap, I rolled a five. Boo. But your your other stat is a 15. You can choose the 15 and get that plus one bonus to your saving throw. Hmm. Yeah. Again, stats are for flavor, not not to make someone OP in gameplay or just horrible, just, just, just a dumpster fire in gameplay. They're just for flavor. They're for role-playing. Do it. And this game allows you to do that. I love it. It's awesome. Now, after saving throws, we get to define what a scene is. A scene is the entirety of an action or event, meaning uh, a combat. You get into combat. The scene will last as long as the combat is going on. If there is a significant break in the combat, the scene is over. If you are in negotiations... With, uh, with with someone who has who has stolen something from you or has something that you want to buy, the length of the negotiation is the length of the scene. If you're infiltrating a building, until you get into the building and where you want to be in that building, that is the infiltration scene. It goes on for as long as it has to go on. Now, the reason that defining a scene is important is because some powers and abilities in the game say they last for a scene or you can use them four times in the same scene all right and a scene is fluid it's the cinematic definition of time it, when, when i read this i i immediately thought back to the old world darkness that we played yep yep where powers would last for a whole scene and they did it the exact same way a scene is the is the current complication or issue that you are resolving and the power will last as long as the scene lasts because honestly, that makes a lot more sense than saying every five hours. It's like, well, yes, what do exactly. you do? We wait. That's all you're going to say. We find a place to hide yep. for five hours. Yeah, we wait five hours, whatever. You know, but you saying go. a scene while well, you're still in the same scene, I don't care how long you wait. Yes, this game wants to be a, a more cinematic drama than a by-the-numbers, rules-mongering uh, uh, munch, munchkin fest. All right. Now we'll get to combat. Speaking of Munchkin Fest, we'll get to combat. Okay, this is how you fight. Rounds and initiative. A round is six seconds. That's common in a lot of games. Rounds being six seconds long. If you roll initiative, you roll a D8 and add your dex modifier, be it positive or negative. That is your initiative. When the round reaches that initiative number, that is your turn. Your turn is when you go in a round, is when you can do a main action in a round. And after the first, the first round, when initiative is rolled, initiative is not re-rolled until the combat is over. So that's that's your spot in the in the initiative order. Hope you like it. 
because you're not getting another one. Now, the combat system is a, is a D20-based system. So you roll your D20. You add your skill level for melee weapons, laser weapons, sword, whatever. Whatever you have skill in that you're attacking with. Plus your ability modifier. Be it uh, dexterity for a ranged weapon or strength for a melee weapon. Then you add your attack bonus. Your attack bonus is generally one half of your level rounded down. So a level one person would not have an attack bonus. A level two would have a plus one. All right, now, uh, fighter fighter type classes, the, the more warrior classes, they have, they have bonuses that go beyond this, but your base attack bonus is half your level rounded down. You roll your d20, you add these three things together, and that is the armor class that you hit. If, you, if it is equal to or greater, then the armor class of your opponent, he gets hit. That's it. Now the damage, each weapon has a stated damage. It is augmented by your ability bonus. If you uh, if you hit someone with a ranged weapon, let's say a, a Glock, it does 1d6 damage plus 1 because you have a 14 dex. It's not like you you agiled it into hitting harder. It's more like you hit you were aimed for a softer spot and it does more damage. Now, if it's a melee weapon, your strength, well, you just pushed it through. You just pushed it through and you did more damage. That's how that's how clubs work. You know, that's how it works. So that's your basic combat. And uh, combat actions. These are the things you can do on or around your turn. There are four basic types of, of actions you can take during a round. There are more. But if you understand these four basic ones, you'll understand all the rest. The first is main action. You get one of these every time it's your turn. One around during your turn. This is attacking, using a skill, uh, working a, a complex device, something that will take the majority of your six seconds that you have in a round. A complex action. Then there's your move action. Your move action, you get one move action per turn. And you can move up to 10 meters. You can move less, but you can't bank it. So if you move five meters and say, I only want to move five meters, that, that, that's your move. You're done. Now, if you're moving through rough terrain, you know, moving through mud, uh, moving through fog, moving on ice, something where you have to be careful or, or manage or, you know, use a, use a lot more strength or dexterity to manage, your movement is half. So it's five meters. And then there's your on-turn action, okay? This is, uh, you can do it anytime during your turn. For example, if before your turn, before initiative is rolled, you, were, you had your hand on your gun in your holster. At any point during your turn, you can pull that gun for free. You can pull that gun and then fire. Pull it and fire. It's fine because you were readied. It was an action that was readied beforehand. You can do it and it won't take away your main action. And then there's the instant action. The instant action, you could do any of these at any time during the round. Before your initiative, after your initiative, doesn't matter. Because these are very, very simple actions. For example, let's say you have a, you have a dead man switch. And it's connected to a whole bunch of dynamite. Someone, someone says, I shoot it. And as the person says that, you can say, I let go. That is an instant action. It can happen at any point during the round, even before your initiative, because it's a very simple action, basically a reflex. If you had your, if you had a time, it had a button in your hand, a, a device in your hand, and you had your finger over the button, pressing that button would be an instant action. You were ready for it. It takes just a fraction of a second 
John, you can do it anytime, even before your initiative. These are your four main, uh, four main types of action you can do during a round in combat. And that is it. That is all you need to know to be able to play this game. All right. Now great. we've, yeah, we've already done the introduction and today we've done the rules and system of play. Next time we're going to go through character generation. We're going to talk about attributes in more detail. We're going to talk about all the classes. We're going to go through the skills and we're going to equip us up, get some guns, get some armor, get some chalk, some field rations, whatever you need. We're going to do that. We're going to make ourselves a character. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. Remember, stars without number, Kevin Crawford. So far, I got to highly recommend this game. But hey, you know what? Character generation could be a flop. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, so far, now, the system seems really interesting and really laid out pretty well. Uh, it's a yeah. little different than other systems. We're like a refinement of stuff we've seen in other systems. Yes. I, uh, I think of it as a refinement of, uh, of AD&D 2nd Edition. The way, I, the way I would want it to go, rather than 3.5, I would have rather had this. I loved 3.5, so I... I, I understand. Not, a lot of people didn't, though. Uh, really? Right. The only people I've run into who don't are you and Schlow. Uh, you really? Actually, everyone else I talk to loves 3.5. Actually, everyone I used to play AD&D 2nd Edition with, like, I tried to play 3.5, it sucked. Uh, and uh, when it, I finally got to... I finally waited until I got to 5, and now I can play it. I'm like, all right. Really? Because 3.5 is much better than 5, in my opinion. In your opinion. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But what did you think of this segment? What are your thoughts on Stars Without Number? Do you do you think it's a it's so far sounds like a good game? If you think so, go ahead and throw it in chat. Go ahead and throw it in the comments below. If you don't, tell me why. I want to know why you think it's bad, and I might even uh, cover that uh, in my next segment. And uh, you have any suggestions for my next tabletop RPG? I want to hear it. Well, thank you very much, Heathen Dog. And if you want more Heathen Dog, you find him on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe. You can find his anime stream segments. His tabletop gaming fundamental segments, his team was with Garthon, Elgarian, and others at select video game streams. You can join for full streams of anime, comics, and games, memory chat and giveaways, and monthly Q&A with Legion Myth members, and account towards Patreon giveaway goals. Thank you, everyone, and remember, be a Legionnaire. Now, let's look through some of the... Let's take a minute to look through some of the chat I didn't get to see. I was... I was you know, I want to address the 3.5 thing. Okay. Okay. Go for it. Um, Raven Slayer didn't like it either. I well, that's fine. Everyone's allowed to have an opinion. The three point five allowed for superior, in my opinion, customization of characters. There were a million different feats, which were there's so many feats. Yes, they allowed you to make very unique characters through feats. Mechanically, every character could be very unique. Um. Of course, some people are going to go and search through 30 different books to try and find the most powerful build they possibly can. Yeah, and, and that's know, what happened in my in my experience. That's what happened. Well, so that's why a smart DM always says you know, always limits the books. A smart DM, kind of like in fifth edition, it's a standard thing to say uh, core plus one or core plus two, which is basically reading the core rule book and then this one or two other books. That's it. But I found this really cool thing on this website. Don't care. Is it in one of these two books? No, then no. But I want to play. No. And that's what you do. And that's if you're. Well, yeah. But a, a lot of a lot of game masters have the problem with uh, they'll, the player will just walk. And then you're, this, you don't have enough people. Where's a sure bluff original player from basic through second? I'm original player from basic at first edition through fifth. So uh, come at me. 
Come at me, bro. <laughs> I will take no, my see... D. It is hard to have more D&D Bonafides than me because I am old and crusty. They're older and crustier. Yeah, Raven Slayer is older and crustier. He is, this but is, this, I this have played fair. more editions of D&D. Yes. Now, uh, I, on, uh, I have the opposite idea of you. The whole customization thing, I didn't like. I didn't like it. I mean, I, I used, I used skills to, to differentiate between fighter and fighter and fighter and fighter. Yeah, that's what 3.5 has in second. Yeah, and but, but it, it, this, this one does feats it does, it, and they, they're a lot more, uh, it has a lot more impact to game. Are you talking about D&D or are you talking about beyond the, the stars of that number? I'm talking about D&D. You were talking about 3.5 and I was talking about why I didn't like it. I, I didn't, I didn't like the, the, I didn't like the feats. I have so many feats. Then don't and take them. I, I did it. Take stat boost it. instead, and then you. Yeah. And there are more skills in 3.5 than there are in fifth or second. That's true. That 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 is true. Now, I I just took stat boosts and maybe a couple of feats that that were relevant to my character, and that's it. Everyone else was like, "Oh, I'm taking all these feats. I could do this. I could do that. I got to do it." And all of it synergizes to where when I hit you with a sword, it does 140 damage. I'm like, "Dude, come on. That's not fun for anybody." You know, it's but that's, that that's all the games person. that were out there. That all really, because the I were... never had to play any games like that. I guess it's because I had a competent group. Um, well, where we were more have... interested in playing a game than power leveling. Well, some, sometimes you have to play with with what you can get. But then again, that's all I could get. But then again, to me, that attitude where I want to make this powerful build, I want to power blah blah blah. That's what created Fourth Edition. Because uh, Fourth that. Edition is geared toward I want the most mega anime superpower D D character I could have, and that's what Fourth Edition caters to. Everyone has tons of, like, it's basically, it's almost Earth Dawn D&D, where everyone has all these powers they're doing all the time. Mm. Except Earth Dawn's a better system for that. Earth Dawn's a better system, yeah. Now, 5th edition, I liked it because it it made even uh, uh, classes that were basically unplayable. Like, no one, no one would want you to play in their group if you were a diviner. No one, no one would want you there. But I made a I made a diviner that was actually competent in combat, right? Not the greatest, obviously, but not a not a goddamn lodestone. Raider says he's playing for forty years through Arduin through Empire of the Petal Throne. That's a lot. I'm not saying you're not. I'm not saying. I'm just you know, saying. Uh, Hawkwind says people playing the pile of books thing. They uh, one thing I've seen a lot of people say the entire collection of D and D is a is a pile of suggestions. Eh. I mean, the pile of books always to tell them they're still suggestions. Right. Yeah, they're suggestions. Yeah, the 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 game master has complete say on what happens, but a lot of games now are getting away from that too. There's the whole player privilege bull crap. Yeah, I don't like that. that. A lot of games have, which I cannot get behind, and I'm glad that Stars Without Number does not have that. There there is no there is no uh, the 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 game master says this happens, and the player can go, no, it doesn't. No real system does Vito. that. Just that no. one system you talked about. Minera did that. I know. Fate, Fate Core does that. Yeah, those aren't real. Yeah, where the player can go, no, I don't want that to happen to me. Yeah, those aren't real games. <laughs> they are real games. Um, They're just real crappy games. Your sword is. <laughs> For Hawkins is making fights so that his sword can't damage. Uh, Rizzo's going out to name Throne, uh, Forgotten Realms, Ravenloft, Classic Temple of Elemental Evil. That the, the Classic Temple of Elemental Evil was a grinder, man. Yeah, yeah, it was. No party I did, ever. I did made not like that. Forgotten Realms or Dark Sun. I didn't like those two. I liked Realms. I didn't like Dark Sun too much. I liked Ravenloft. I really did. I thought it had a whole lot of flavor, and if, if you're, and there was one time I I ran a Ravenloft campaign, and uh, one guy like I want to play a paladin. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. It's a bad idea. 
That's a really bad. No, I'm playing paladin. No, you don't. Dude. I'm playing a paladin. Like, all right, guess what? You're a beacon. You're a giant beacon of light that just draws every every evil thing to you. And right. he died. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, oh, yeah. he died very quickly. Oh yeah. Rares has six months to run temple. I believe it, man. That like yeah. that. Oof. Oh, the original Temple of Elves are evil. Ugh. Even the reissue they did for third edition was super rough. Super duper rough. Duncan says his first and only game of Dean so far. I broke the game at character creation, rolled like a leprechaun, then twin cast magical to kill everything. It was only fun because I did it. My quest is to find a bucket. I don't know what that is. Like you were literally a leprechaun? Sounds rolled like a leprechaun. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, like you like rolled he lucky? Filled, filled with magic luck? Yeah. Found a real thing is vampire bait. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah every, magic every evil thing went to it. Like, level. dude, you don't want to do this. And after like the second or third game session, he died. I bet. Fourth edition D and D was interesting. It just wasn't my wasn't my. It, did, it wasn't D and D. I don't know why they should never have named it D and D. Fifth edition feels like an evolution of D and D, but the actual designers behind fifth edition have said essentially that three three point five through the giant bucket of feats and all that stuff allowed for individualism of character mechanics. Whereas 5th edition is designed for individualism of character concepts. Which basically means all your characters are going to be pretty much the damn same, but role-playing differently. Right. Which you could have done anyway. Yeah. So that's kind of... I like yeah, but, and hate 5th. Yeah, I understand. I mean, like, the the, only, the reason the reason I, I played the Diviner in 5th edition was, was because I could take feats and skills that, that would make him... Uh, useful, useful, and not not great, but useful in combat, but amazing out of combat. Yeah, you know he was he was basically Sherlock Holmes. You know, if if he if he couldn't if he couldn't find out the truth with a spell, he did it through old fashioned detective work. I mean, all of his saves, uh, his 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 all of his mental saves were freaking outstanding. Yeah, because yeah. I bought I bought all that stuff up because I wanted to do that, and and uh, I had fun doing it. Your your group didn't like me because I played I played the I played the character like a jerk. But yeah, your character, character. Yeah, the character was neat, but you decided to play a character who hated all groups, who hated adventurers because because of what adventurers and do. They they go they, they were, go into a place, they they wreck it, and they leave. You also you so you basically hated the people who rescued you and wouldn't work with them. So yeah, I know. Why it, would you make a character that can't play in a group? Hey, I had fun doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And it got now, you I am gonna go use the heathen dogs room. All right, I'm going to talk about comic books. Is he gone? Is he gone? All right, good. Yeah. Is he gone? Okay, he's gone. Okay, let's do this. All right, we're doing this now. Here we go. Yes, Garthon's comic poll. Today on Garthon's Comic Poll, we ask the important questions. Such as, does this comic deserve this cover? No, it does. But uh, things always go weird for the Black Cat, and this comic is an interesting example of how. Uh, Black Cat number five, written by Jed McKay. Art by Travel Foreman. Colors by Brian Reber. Cover by J. Scott Campbell. So the Black Cat series has been interesting um adventure series comedy 
uh, thieving action. It really is an interesting read. It reminds me a lot. I thought this weird thought while I was reading through the book this week that it reminds me a lot of older like 1970s heist and action movies where the cast of characters is eclectic they don't get along but they're friends it just a lot of crazy stuff so that's high praise i mean uh so far this book has been very interesting kind of go into felicia hardy treat her very different than i've seen other writers do uh it's actually a very interesting way to treat the character so in the last issue, they're trying to steal a book from the library of the Fantastic Four that contains a magical seal they need in order so that they can steal something from the Thieves Guild, who is a semi-mystical organization that everyone has to pay tribute to in New York, and they go back centuries. So to get the book, uh, Felicia Hardy arranged a date with Johnny Storm, who is single, and Felicia Hardy's cute, and he's... She's a sometimes hero, and Johnny Storm's not known for, you know, caring too much. So <laughs> so she has to elaborate plot where she'd have lunch with them. Then her guys would show up as the food delivery people. And while she was distracting Johnny, because uh, she actually kind of likes him because he's kind of cute anyway, they would steal the book and leave. You know, in and out, nice and easy. But of course, right, bef- right when the food gets delivered... Uh, the gate to the negative zone opens up from the outside, what? and Blastar and his goons started attacking. Where where did that come from? Uh, the Fantastic Four has a gate to the negative zone. Well, I know, but does it just, do they not have an off switch? Oh, like, they have an like off switch. Other... That's why Johnny Storm was very surprised when the building locks itself <laughs> down and the portal opened up. I would be surprised too. Uh, so this issue is now dealing with. Well, it opens up with, with them fighting Blaster and his goons, as you can see in the panel page on the left. Mm-hmm. And Felicia Hardy thinking, today I expected, things I expected today. Steal a book. Eat some sushi. Maybe some makeouts. Maybe more. See how I'm feeling. Because like I said, she was going out with Johnny Storm at the Baxter building. Well, they're not at the Baxter building anymore, but at Fantastic Four headquarters. Things I really did not expect today, though I really should have. An evil space Muppet as she fights Blaster. Because this wacky stuff always happens. And... Remember, Felicia Hardy's power is luck, which means good and bad luck. She doesn't have mm-hmm. full control of it, really. Not anymore. So wackiness kind of follows her around. So her goons, who Johnny still thinks are food delivery guys, um, are trying to like help out a little bit with the goons of the Blastars. And, and meanwhile, a undercover police operative who's now who got fired from the police force because of Felicia Hardy, Black Cat, is also trapped in there with them, and he's trying to capture Black Cat to bring her into the Thieves Guild because they put a contract out on her. Long, you know, comic books. Bad luck of the safety overall. Could be, but Blaster had a plan. Just ha- her luck was Blaster opened up the portal right when she happened to be there. So a lot of hijinks happen. Um, as they try and fight off Blaster and the goons, eventually they came, they, she managed to come up with a plan. After Blastar, you know, says, you, Earthly, you please me. After I take over this place, you shall be my Earth Bride. She's like, no, I don't think so. Which I think was funny. They had a lot of funny moments, a lot of good hits in this book. Uh, it actually wants to show us Felicia Hardy using her brains to get out of a situation where she figures out a plan. She actually gets one of her goons 
to hold Blastar off for a bit while they could, because after he knocks out Johnny Storm, which you think that you know the goon is dead, right? Mm-hmm. He's the next army vet. He's a tough. Basically, the guys he given a headlock to the guys on the floor in the first panel. They get him to hold off Blastar. He doesn't have a chance. But when Blastar turns around, he's put on a suit of Thing armor from the Fantastic Four's museum, which they showed last issue. The Thing armor. Uh, there was a time in the Fantastic Four when uh, Ben Grimm was depowered, but he still had to help out Fantastic Four. So Reed Richards built a suit of power armor that looked like the Thing that he could wear while he was a human. Later, he got his powers back, but they kept the suit because you know, what are you going to do? Throw it away? It's an expensive piece of hardware. Some it, random jabroni will get it. Oh. Well, that's what happened here. The random jabroni <laughs> puts it on, but it's in the Baxter building. So normally yeah, it's secure. It. Well, not Baxter building, uh, for Yancey Street, but either way. Um, but eventually they come up with the plan of hot wiring the, uh, one of the old Fantastic cars. And so basically they distract him long enough to ram him with a remote control uh, fantastic car, knock him through a couple walls, and push him back through the portal, which they managed to close behind him. But they couldn't close it while he's outside. They push him back through, they close it. But unfortunately, the device that Blaster used to open up the portal was about to explode, and right when it's about to go off, it gets encased in a cube of force and hurts no one. Who did that? Sue Storm, who managed to get back in the building by this point. Nice. Who was like, looking around, is like, okay, okay. Someone tell me why my home is in a shambles and where my brother is and why was there a bomb in my house? And he's like, oh, uh, hey, what happened she to Bla-? <laughs> He wakes up, is like, oh, hey, what, what happened to Blastar? She's like, Blastar? Oh, hey, Sue. Yeah, Blastar stopped by. Points to black out. What's she doing here? Well, see, we were on a date. And I, it's like, oh, you haven't. I, we, we've met before. Like, I know who you are. And so she, what's well, actually funny? The store's like, oh, Sue's like, okay, everyone, get out. And then as they're walking away, she's like, not you, Johnny. It's like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> they do steal the book on the way out. Um, so mission accomplished that way. The, the undercover cop who's there to arrest, well, the former cop who was there to arrest her or bring her to the guild, uh, she pays off with 10 grand to uh, leave them alone. Fair. Um, because there's a, there's a nice flashback in the book where she remembers her initial training as a master thief, where her trainer was basically like, fighting is the last solution to any problem you have as a thief. Negotiation, bribery, then if you have to, a fight. And never fight on equal terms. Always have to know you're going to win. So, Jabronis wish they were Blastar. <laughs> Blastar's not a Jabroni. No, Blastar is tough. Yeah. Blastar is super tough. Um, so, basically, she paid off the guy. And the very end of the book has to do with the leader of the Thieves Guild hearing that the the cop uh, got paid off and does not go, betrayed them. And she's like, yeah, he wasn't really concerned anyway. I figured something like that was going to happen. He was just, you know, just for fun. Just in case, you know. Mm. And then they find out that Silver... That, no, Sable. Uh, Black Cat's old mentor is back in town. And then, you know, she freaks out because she has to be tracked down at all costs. So, an interesting book. It hits a lot of great character points. It's one of those where you, you try and describe, well, this happened previously. It starts getting a little crazy. 
But Jed McKay has done a great job telling an interesting narrative, grabbing all these different points, using an effective flashback to explain a current situation going on without it seeming too on the nose. Um, also, I love the way he did Sue and Johnny Storm. I like when Johnny's approached it a little more seriously, but he wasn't exactly a laughingstock in this, so it was okay. Uh, I like seeing intelligence used to confront problems, and they did that in this issue. Uh, as again, I love Black Cat's... Uh, henchmen they're highly entertaining and i like when they get their moments to shine so a great book really like it the art isn't the best art in the world but it really if you look at it the art's not super great but it really matches the style of the story they're telling it's a little serious but it has those comedic points and the art style uh done by uh travel forward and brian reaver really matches the feel of the book serious when it needs to be comedic when it needs to be and i really like it uh j scott campbell's covers are always solid if you like, you know, pretty girls, what you do. So that's really nice. Um, overall, I really enjoyed this book. I love seeing them pull off a caper. I like the wacky stuff happening. It was a lot of fun to read. I think Black Cat is a book that needs a little better press than it's getting. It's not getting bad press. I just think it should be more popular than it is. Even though it's a very popular book. It's really good. And it's better than anything Tom King has written in the last two years. Yeah, I said it. I, sh- I really need to, you know... Let it go. Let that let go. go I really do. And I will. <laughs> I will. Uh, so what do I rate this book? Uh, I really liked it. I didn't love it. I really, really liked it. I'll give it three and a half stars for Black Hat number five. A great book. A lot of fun. Wacky hijinks ensue. Black Cat number five. So what are your thoughts on this? Uh, what do you think of this? Do you, what are your thoughts on Black Cat number five? Have you been reading the Black Cat series? Do you find the character to be too different than how other writers have portrayed her? I mean, she was just portrayed for quite a number of issues as a very serious character in Amazing Spider-Man when she was resting with Lizard's son. Do you think this is too big a departure? Or do you think she is being portrayed as a serious person with crazy things happening around her? Uh, let me know. I really enjoy this book, and I hope you do too. And if you suggest your future comics, including Young Justice, thank you, please... Let me know. Yes, Groton's comic poll. Today, my friends. Spider-Verse was a great film. Is it going to make a great comic book? Well, let's talk about that. Spider-Verse number one was written by Jed McKay. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, Black Hat number five, Jed McKay. Huh, what do you know? Yeah, so, same guy. Art by Juan Frenchy and Carlos Lopez, Stacey Lee, Arthur Adams, and Frederico Blee, James Heron and Dave Stewart, uh, Dyke Ron and Carlos Lopez, Sheldon Vela, and a cover by Wendell Dallet. Wendell Dallet is the lead artist on the Spider-Verse movie. Oh, okay. Got it. So if you saw that, like the grainy stuff, that's why the cover looks like that. Right. Now, I, I have a I have a question for you, for, for the viewers that are watching, because usually when there's a whole laundry list of artists, that means it's going to be a bad time. Yes, Ravens are, was going to say too many time? cooks. Yes, exactly. Usually makes dog food. Yes. And there's a reason for this. There is a reason, which we will talk about. So okay. the story is basically about Miles Morales. At its core. He's the main character in this book, as he is in the Spider-Verse movie. Sure. Uh, a little older than he was in the movie. He's holding a spider He's fighting a eight-ball guy? 
Yeah, Captain 8-Ball, I guess. Which is I funny. Know. I don't know. What I do like is after he knocks him out with a broomstick like it, using it as a pool cue, you know, he knocks out his quarter pocket because you're an 8-Ball. Get it? It's like, more spider than they, they can shake a, uh, more spider than you can stick a stick in. I'm moving to Houston, I swear. Yeah, it's important you, that you get it. And then he runs off. When he leaves him there, he's like, wait, you're going to leave me like this? This is a terrible neighborhood. You're a supervillain. What are you? Anyway, so. Chris, he's stealing. It looks like he's stealing lottery tickets. Yeah, those are Powerball tickets he's stolen. That's kind of lame. Maybe he has a ball-related crimes. Anyway. But he starts getting, like, this weird spider sense going off. And it turns out he, they start hearing, like, voices. Like, that he needed and help needs. And he's being contacted by someone called Spider Zero. And tells Miles he's being web extracted across the multiverse at 130 brains per second. Okay. No, that's brains A and E, not I N. So I think that's some made up thing they sure. made up. So says I, I've got you on a super string tether, skating at upright edges, the parallel paths of reality. This is the web of life, Miles. The web is destiny. Hold on, hold on. As you see, like the web of life spread out. Now, the, if you're familiar with the Spider-Verse comics, or the Edge of Spider-Verse comics that happened a while ago, the web of life was basically destroyed by the Inheritors at the end of that. Mm-hmm. And Annie Mae Parker, who is the daughter of Spider-Man, or sorry, Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson uh, from an alternate universe. Uh, that's where they had Annie Mae. I covered that series for a while. Yeah, that was a good book. It was a good series. Um, Up until she went to college. Yeah, then it got weird. But Curly Red Hair, she was actually left in charge of the web and trying to help it. But So he starts getting pulled through these realities, even though you shouldn't be able to travel through the web anymore, in order to try and get to help them. So the first place he ends up is Earth 192013525, Manhattan 2.0 where they're fighting the Goblin Gang, who's all techno, and this is done by a different artist. And then, after he fights for like two pages and helps that world Spider-Man, he gets pulled into the monster world. Where everyone's kind of saying, oh, he's so freaky looking, and he runs into Spider-Monster, and who tries to say hi to him, and he gets pulled somewhere else. He gets pulled into like some weird Mad Max thing where the mutants have taken over the world. And... Only the last Spider-Man there has the last run of non-radiated human DNA that he's trying to rescue. It's basically Mad Max world, but I love mm-hmm. see see the X-Men. They're crazy yeah, mutants. They're all yeah, they're they're crazy road mutants. Yeah, I like Professor X in here. He looks better no, than House no. of X. Professor X is cool, but <laughs> I'm more looking at Iceman, who's head <laughs> he has is, a, I, he's he's a like cube. an ice cube. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Um, Wolverine's a super midget now. Yep. So so he's traveling through that concept and. He's like, uh, you're another Spider-Man, I can help you. He's like, you're brave. Too brave for this world that's not your own, now go. And he gets teleported away from there. And he ends up at Earth-138, where he's fighting in the... He sees Spider-Punk fighting in the Bronx. Against people who are trying to impose conformity upon the world. Mm. This is... What's funny is like, like Spider-Man! Oh, it's Spider-Punk! Finally, someone I recognize! And, you know, they, you know, they have a team-up, fist bump, and then he teleports out of that world into a weird manga world <laughs> where he meets a manga version of Spider-Man um, who actually he knows from other Spider-Verse series who's heavily into karaoke. 
He's like, yeah, so who's Spider-Zero? He goes, Spider-Zero? And then he fires up his karaoke machine and starts singing about who Spider-Zero is. Wow, all right. Don't know about Spider. With what I love is when they do his text dialogue, it looks like the filling lines of a karaoke machine. So that's why half is dark and half is light as the lyrics. Right, right, as the words are supposed to be said. Yeah. Yes. Then I'm starting the world to call home Spider-Zero, the one at the center charged with observing. And then they meet Spider-Zero, who you see here who pulls him to earth one the loom world so now you see why there are a million different artists on this book every time mm. he hopped to a different world it went to a different artist which okay. works incredibly well because that jarring feeling when the art changes is what you're supposed to feel you are now somewhere else the world is totally different the situation is different the environment is different everything is different and you feel that because they switched freaking artists now, artists are great, and they can switch their styles, but you still know it's the same artist. Unless they're incredibly talented, then you think they could hide it well enough. But just putting different artists worked out incredibly well for this book. I don't think it's something they're going to keep up. I don't think it's a series of work to constantly two-page every single world. But it worked really well for this, with some strong hits for all the characters they, they got to, some interesting, wacky ideas, which is what you're expecting from a Spider-Verse novel or comic book. And you get introduced to the Spider-Zero character who doesn't actually have her own world. And that's when she tells Miles the situation was going on currently, why she was pulling him through, because she has some control over the web of life, the web of destiny. And Spider-Ling, Annie Mae Parker, is missing, and the web is sick, and they need to fix it. They don't know how. The web is corrupted. And she needs his help to find Annie Mae Parker, Spiderling. Hmm. And he asked her, well, well, why, why me? I mean, not, why not Peter Parker? He was the real, he's the first Spider-Man. And she kind of says to him, this is a new problem that needs new solutions. That's not a problem for the old generation of heroes of Spider-Man. It's time for the new generation to do something. And that's us. And he kind of goes, yeah, okay, you got me. Let us crazy kids save the universe. It fits. So where do we start? And she tells him, everywhere. I liked this book. I actually yeah. got it, not thinking I would like it. I was going to pass it up. But uh, Bob at Fantasy Escape, where I get my books, you know, threw it in my box, said, hey, you like Spider-Man, this will be good for you. And I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, yeah, I'll try it out. I said, all right. This is a limited series of six issues. So I guess they could, since it's a limited series for Amy Slayer of six issues, they could actually keep doing the two-page per. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe they will. Um, it's an interesting story. When I first read the time for the new heroes to take over, I was kind of like, ugh. But then I was like, you know, why not? I've We've seen Spider-Man do this five times now. Yeah, about five. Three or four. Yeah, I know three or four isn't five, but I'm trying to remember all the series at a time where he's Spider-Verse hopped to save the web of destiny in the universe and stuff it's been like three or four maybe even five somewhere between three and five it's a lot if you've done it more than once it's a lot yeah um in this book definitely has potential i love the art of the main artist the one for you and carlos lopez did a great job on their pages but everyone did a great job on their pages just the, i mean hey knock out two pages for me sweet um and it was really fun to see the different changes um some of the pages were very lighthearted. Some were pretty serious. Um, and I like how that worked out really well. 
it was a very it was a whirlwind of a book. The pages went by really quickly. It was interesting to read. I think Jed McCade did a great job with that. Um, he's fast becoming one of my favorite writers from the stuff I've read of him. He really has a nice pacing to his books. Rock said the Varkshire is Celtic. The Celts had a concept of fairies that weren't part of the physical world as we know. It's old English, not Celtic. Oh, okay. So the it's a very interesting idea. It that they've explored before, now they're doing it a different way. I like Miles taking up the lead. I know this is also a way to capitalize on the Spider-Verse movie, which was hugely popular. And that's why they try to make this book look a lot like it. And yeah. I don't blame them at all for that. So I really, really liked this book. I really liked where it went. It left me wanting more. It introduced characters. It gave every character enough to know what they're about without harping on or having a five-page explanation of how they're sad inside. It said, you know, this guy rides the highways of post-apocalyptic world to try to save the last human being. Oh, that's all you need. And you're there. You're with the character. You're on board. You know, there's Spider-Punk. He's fighting conformity. Yeah, I'm there. All right. That's great. So I really like this book. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, look, Anime Parker's on the cover. Spiderling right there. She's not in the book, though. I am going to give this the gold standard. Oh, there it is. Four stars. Four. Spider-Verse, number one. Yeah, there it uh, is. Great book. Highly recommended. Pick it up. If you like the movie, you'll love this book. So definitely recommend it. I can be convinced to go higher, but I'm just unhappy with four stars. Four out of five. We'll see how two through six go. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your thoughts? Do you, what do you think of this? Uh, what are your thoughts on Spider-Verse number one? Did you think this is the Spider-Verse book you're waiting for? Do you think, yeah, oh, man, how come they got to have the kids do it all? Where's Peter Parker? He's my Spider-Man. You can have that opinion. That's fine. Miles Morales is pretty cool. He's been a great character, which just by my nature, you would think, yeah, you, Spider-Man is bad. But Miles Morales has been a great character. So Spider-Verse number one, I love it. Let me say what you think about it. And if you have any suggestions for future comic reviews, please let me know. And remember, be a legionnaire. Today on Carthon's Comic Poll, we ask the question, what was the point of House of X? I'll tell you. All right. Written, uh, House of X, written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Pepe Raz, colors by Marte Gracia and David Curiel, cover by Pepe Raz and Marte Gracia. Yes, Young Justice. Keep saying it, Mar Hockman. I didn't see it enough. I love Pepe Larraz. Pepe Larraz is awesome. He's a great artist. Man. I love him. He did this cover. He's good. Uh, so, House of X has been a weird series where Professor X has became a fascist, has his own island nation, and has issued ultimatums to the world. Yeah. This book does a lot to explain a lot of things they didn't explain in the other House of X books. This is not to be accused of the powers of ten books where they talk about when they lead strike teams in the future and make mutant pod babies of everyone. <laughs> the This goes back to it actually starts like when it starts with a key moment when Moira, Professor X, and Magneto first sent out the the ultimatum or sorry, message to humanity. And they're making sure, are you ready for this? Are you ready? All of our all of our disagreements over the years. The others realize the ideality, unyielding persistence. That is today, you have my word. 
One interesting thing they've done in this book is they've never shown Professor X's face once he puts on the black bodysuit. They've shown him without his helmet a couple times, but never from the front. They always hide his face, which I'm sure there's a reason for that. But it shows him issuing his message to the world, like, hey, which basically boils down to, yo, humans, we tried to be nice to you. That didn't freaking work because you're jerks. So tell you what, we have drugs which will cure all your ills, and we're not going to give them to you. We're going to sell them to you, and you're going to buy them because they're the only things that will solve all of your illnesses. And you know what? You'll leave us the hell alone, and we're going to have a sovereign nation because we're better than you. We're your replacements. Suck it. Um, <laughs> that goes an, over great, by the way. Yeah, which goes over great. <laughs> uh, so that's best summed up. That's not exactly his words. Yeah, but basically, that's what he means. Uh, The book then goes into... There are some nice scenes where you see, like, the Fantastic Four hearing the mental message. Uh, The Greens go out to all the mutants and them being told there's a place they could live and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Then goes back to the present where... It shows the council who now leads the people of Iron Krakoa, which the council consists of Professor X, Magneto, Apocalypse, Mr. Sinister, Exodus, Mystique, Sebastian Shaw, the Black King, Emma Frost, the White Queen, the Red King, who they won't announce who it is. It's supposed to be a surprise when it happens. Storm, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler, Cypher, and Krakoa. They should just make a virus to make every mutant to get over with. Exactly. Uh, we'll get to that, Mar Hawkman. Oh, we will get to that. Because I had the same thought. Um, so basically, the council gets together in their fancy chairs to talk about what to do with Sabretooth. Because in the very first issue, Sabretooth, you know, kills some people because he's like, whatever, F you. Uh, so they bring him in and they. They talk endlessly in this trial about what to do. They talk about what laws they're going to create because they don't want to create a bunch of laws. Uh, and they go back and forth. There's not, it's not even a debate. It's everyone just speaking airy ideas into the sky about how they're great and how they should look to this, each other and how we'll, they will not treat each other as men did. Um, and they have to punish Sabretooth because he killed people. Because well, people are mutants. People. Huh. Basically, the argument they make goes like this. If you kill a mutant, it's bad, but it's not super bad because we can just bring a mutant back. Mm. So, so what? But if you kill a human, they can't be brought back. So actually, that's worse than killing a mutant. Even, even though they're like our pets, um, you can't bring them back. They are sentient beings. You end their life, they can't come back. Mutants, we can bring back, no problem. So that's actually worse. And they don't have capital punishment. And even if they did, the way that Sabretooth's healing factor works, he will regenerate from a single cell eventually. So they can't kill him if they wanted to. He'll come back. And if he dies, resurrection protocols just initiate and they have to bring him back. That's, that's the way it is. So it's kind of pointless. So they decide basically to suck him into the center of Krakoa, where he'll be held forever, aware, but unable to do anything. So that's great. He won't go crazy. That's not worse. He's definitely going to go crazy. Yeah. 
crazier. That's not worse. Um, crazier, right. Well, so then they talk to each other else about what laws they should make. You know, because basically they're like talking. Uh, Black King starts bringing stuff about, well, we got to figure out currency and economics and land and blah, blah, blah. And Cypher goes up. Uh, you, this isn't land. Kreko is alive. You're living on a person or a mutant. So I'd be real careful to divide up land that actually is a person or is a mutant. You can't do that. No, he went from a single cell. That's Lobo, wrong company. You know, Raven's Lair, you were right once. But they've actually upped Wolverine and Sabretooth's uh, healing factor to that base they were generating from anything now. That's not how it used to be, but that's how it is now. Blame whatever writer did that. I don't remember his name, but he was awful. Oh, what was his name? He was the worst writer X-Men ever had. Oh, I've blocked wow. his memory. That's that's lofty company. Oh, my Lord. If you saw his work, he's the one... All right, the writer... I can't remember his name. He's the one who said Angel was actually literally descended from angels, and Nightcrawler was literally descended from the devil. He's the same writer that had angels' blood heal people, except Nightcrawler, who it burned. Oh. Yeah, basically everything that guy wrote in got retconned out. Because it was all so bad. Gossip's favorite writer ever. It wasn't Mr. King. We just said it wouldn't mention anymore. It wasn't him. He would just have them sad, be sad and look at each other. Um, anyway. So, basically, after that business, they've decided on three laws for Kakoa. Three laws for the mutants, which are make more mutants, murder no man, and respect the sacred land. Okay, make more mutants. Why not just they be fruitful multiply? Since when they get that line, it's because Nightcrawler quoted the Bible verse where they talk about that God's going to go blah, 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 go forth through fruit. So they call it make more mutants. All right, well, that just sounds dumb. But two, why not just shove a virus into the world and turn them all into mutants, like you said? It's like Asma's three laws. Yeah. Two, murder no man, because like, like they decided before, killing humans is worse because you can't bring them back. And respect the sacred land because it's it's alive. It's a mutant. It's, you know, come on, be nice. Yeah. <sighs> and then after that, uh, because they're all super happy about everything they've done. Well, they're not. They're actually, the nice thing is after they've made their laws and they've imprisoned Sabretooth, no one's like, woo, we've done it. We've made our own land. They're all just kind of like, God, this sucked. And they're all kind of sad about it. They're all kind of miserable. And actually, there's actually a nice little statement where they say, uh, I pray that we never get used to it, that we never grow cold from it, and we never learn to love it. Talking about leadership. Mm-hmm. It's just said that when a parent has a child, they never get a good night's rest again. So, and then after that, you see the leaders go out, and but they see everyone else is like, woo, we have rules now, and we're a nation, everyone's partying and happy, and... It's, uh, it's Zion and, from the Matrix. And... Dazzler's making fireworks, and then Siren comes behind her and screams, so she has more light, more sound to make extra fireworks, and everyone's hanging out, and Jean Grey hands White Queen a beer with a knowing look they give each other about how they both porked Cyclops, and... <laughs> <laughs> and and mind-screwed lots of people. Yeah, mainly Cyclops. And they, uh... Fair. And you see Apocalypse kind of being moody off in the corner watching the fireworks, but he's still kind of cool with it. And... Magneto and Xavier, like, are buddies as they watch the fireworks. Like, 
And Magneto says, just look at what we've made. And that's where the book ends. And, and it made me say the same thing I've said after almost every issue of this. So what? You have not led to a place where I'm interested to read the next book. I don't care about any of this crap. This issue, unless you're really into people talking about how to set up laws for a nation, is boring as hell. Um, you, You rehash something he did in the beginning. You never fully tell us why, in my opinion, Charles Xavier went from Martin Luther King to Malcolm X to uh to adolf hitler where it's just where he's at now the uh hitler more like i don't know stalin well no no they, no he's not killing folk he's not killing all yeah the they're they're against killing the people they see as below and yeah. lesser than them you know fair, those guys fair. were you were for killing them yeah uh, fair enough what are the odds that the the uh the happenings of this book spread across the marvel universe what are the odds of that happening zero Everyone's going to ignore That's it because it's right. stupid. So, well, they're going it to have to. They're, they're going to have to address it at some point. They're going to have to, because this is like where all the X books are going. They've set up an untenable situation, which is I can only see being made to fall. That's the only reason you set up this weird situation. It doesn't work in the context of the Marvel universe at large. It doesn't work in the context of any superhero team along with it. It is only going to cause problems in the future for every other writer in the universe. It's going to get dismantled very quickly. Mm-hmm. It uh, None of the characters are likable. None of the characters are agreeable. The art's fantastic, but it leaves me not caring what happens with the X-Men after this. I was really cool to see what Hickman was going to do. And he left me in a situation where I don't care about the X-Men at all anymore. You know? None of them have any goals other than us mutants is the best and we are staying away from all of you. They have no individual motivations anymore. They have nothing to risk or lose. So who cares? At all. Uh, Why doesn't every mutant just go to their island and hang out? That's what they want. Why don't yeah. they just use a mutant virus to turn everyone into mutants? They made more mutants. That's the thing. Because how how far does they make more mutants? It's not be fruitful, multiply. It's make no. more mutants. Well, why doesn't Mr. Sinister just grab the machine, exactly. ka-ching, 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 and that's, there's 3,000 more mutants? Right? That's, he's done that in the past. So what the hell is the back. point of any of it? Yeah, I don't know. This, to me, is not riding a team of superheroes. It's writing uh, people, writing the glories of their fascist state. Well, this is more of a communist utopia now because they have no currency or land or right. anything. And they all just, everything's free. And there's nothing but plenty because they live in a post-material, post-needs, post-scarcity society where everything they want falls off trees for them. Literally, I think. Literally, like, yes. I'm hungry. Yeah, Ekriko is like, grows an apple. Sweet! Oh, but I wanted a gin and tonics. Pops out of a tree. You know, and you have other mutants who could just grow a gin and tonic tree for you if they felt like it. So, who cares? All right, congratulations. You just ended all the X-Books and got rid of all the mutants. They can live on their island forever. We never see them again. Because they have no reason to at this point. The only reason they have to interact with anyone else in the Marvel Universe is if someone knocks the door and says, we want to fight y'all because you're not here anymore and we decided we hate you. I don't get it. 
And I don't. All right. There's so many issues. I don't like where this series has gone. I don't like what it's doing. It leaves me uninterested in what happens next. Characters I've loved since I was eight, now I am completely ambivalent towards. Ugh. Characters that had growth under previous storylines, like Sabretooth, is worthless. And back to like how he was a drilling monster in the 80s. I just... I, I don't even know what to do with this book. You got to give it a rating. I do have to give it a rating. I hate this book. I'm going to say it. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> I hate this book. Other people are going to love it and say I'm mad. And this book is genius. Please let me know why. Because I do not. But I have to give it a rating. Uh, uh, one and a half stars. The art's really good. It's stupid. It's boring. It's dull. It does nothing. This is the final issue supposed to answer the questions of why it was even here, and it doesn't. It's boring. It's, it's pointless. It does. Th this mini series supposed to get you hyped to read the new X launches. I don't care. Why are there new X launches? What's the new series? X Men. What's for lunch? You know, <laughs> who cares? They don't need to do missions out. The mutants were always fighting each other or other mutants. You know, that was their thing, generally. And now it's going to be like, look out, the Hellfire Club is up to something. Are you up to something? Yes, we're planning a new chess tournament. Do you want in? Okay, and that's the issue. Because they're all living together and they're all happy. <laughs> all right. Wash your hands of this. Just let it go. It's the last one. You don't got to worry about it. Um. So, what did you think of this segment? Am I off base? Please tell me you read this and I'm wrong. And, and please, gently at, tell me why it's good. Why this isn't a communist utopia post-scarcity where... Someone tell me why this matters. Someone tells you why this is good. Someone please tell me these things, because I don't see it. Please tell me how this makes the X-Men any more interesting, or any more dynamic, or any more relatable to as heroes, because I don't see it. And if you have any sense for future comic reviews, please let me know. If you want more Garthon, and why wouldn't you after this joyful event? Like, <laughs> share, subscribe. More Garthon, Garthon's Complex Games, my playthrough of Yakuza Kiwami, team ups with Heathen Dog and others, and coming soon, my role playing recycling video. And don't forget, join for full streams of anime, comics, games, remember only chat and giveaways, monthly Q&A with Legion with members. And YouTube membership counts for Peter giveaway goals. Thank you very much. All right, what do we got there? What do we got there? So, uh, Mark says, Emma is the white queen of the Hellfire Club and been an for almost 20 years. Yes. They don't care. They don't care. She was an action for 20 years, but she's, but apparently she wasn't then. And she was still the Hellfire Club. And they established in the last issue that they needed the Hellfire Club to sell their drugs across the world because they needed their distribution network. What, Pfizer wasn't available? Yeah. <sighs> They can't FedEx stuff. Well, 
the idea behind it is because in some governments they would just outlaw the drugs because they don't want anything to do with the dirty mutants. And the Hellfire Club has illegal channels into every country in the world. So they just get them in there illegally. Okay. Instead of like trying to forge your own backdoor connections, why not just use one who already has them? And that's why the White Queen is now help, And she had already ousted the Black King, Sebastian Shaw. And they said, well, we want you to be the public face of what we're doing. Because, you know. Because you're pretty. You're hot and stuff. And, you know, boobs. And you have mutant powers to control people's minds. So that's oh, all. there's that. The there's mind the, rape, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's that. <laughs> because that's okay if you're doing it for mutants now, apparently. Sure, sure. Um, so she had to bring back Sebastian Shaw if they asked her to bring him back to run the data operations while she's the public face. So he could run things underground. Because he's, you know, trustworthy as long as, you know, he's on board and he's fine. Uh Issues from Chuck Austin back issues. Oh, gosh. Doesn't matter. I'm just not by the series. Me too, Raven Slayer. This series has... Oh, my God. The art's really good. Well, Pepe Larraz is my Pepe man. Pepe Larraz is awesome. But the I don't get the series. I don't understand the appeal. If you look at any long term, it can't go on. And it's boring. That's the cardinal sin of it all. It's boring. All right, let's move on. I want to talk about what these folks Shaw can wasn't win. Though. All right, RNG. Let's wrap this up, people. Let's talk for the RNG. Now it's time for the RNG segment where we talk random things in the universe. And today we are going to talk about what a potential giveaway item for our massive giveaway. We just need a few more. What do we need? What do we need? We need. Wait we need fifty-four dollars in Patreon or, or YouTube memberships, and we need something like a few hundred subscribers, which is super easy. Yes, but if that happens, we're going to tell you what the Plex server Heathen Dog will be giving away, we'll have in it, what it will look like, what you could win, my friends. So the RNG, we're talking random things today, we're talking about what does a Heathen Dog Plex server look like to Heathen Dog? That's right. Now, a Plex server, a fully functional Plex server that you don't want to spend all the money for an actual rack server for, will be able to transcode at least 10, I'm sorry, 8 1080p streams at one time. That means with this server, you could be watching on your on your smart TV. You're watching another another movie on tablet, another movie on a laptop, another movie on a computer, another movie on a phone. People can be coming in from outside your network if you give them permission. Watch a couple more movies, and they will be able to handle all of it without batting an eye. And this is what that Plex server looks like. First, we're gonna look at the processor, the Ryzen 1600. Oh, but he the dog. We're at three thousands now. Yes, we are at three thousands now, but we don't need that. Not this, for this a isn't a, server. This isn't a soup. What's that? Not for a media server. No, not for a media server, man. This isn't a high end rig. All right, this is a media server. So it goes three point two gigahertz, but boosts to three point six. Now the boost is important because we look at the cooler. The included cooler is a race spire. It is a ninety five watt. TDP cooler. It's rated to dissipate 95 watts of heat. Now, I understand that that TDP isn't the end-all be-all of all heat generation. It's a more general uh, blanket uh, uh, stat. But the important thing is this this blanket of 95 covers the bed of a 65-watt TDP processor, which means it will keep that boost clock forever. It is now a 3.6 gigahertz processor because it will be able to boost to that all day and never throttle because of heating. 
ever. It's great. You can even overclock it a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. It'll be fine. But this is a media server. You're not going to have to. 3.6 is plenty to do all that you need. Now, let's look at the RAM. Crucial Ballistic Sport LT. Not exactly top of the line RAM. Doesn't have to be. 2666 megahertz. Hey, you know what? But he the dog. Ryzen Lex, really fast memory. Yes, it does. For frames per second. Again, media server. Unnecessary. Eight gigs. That's all you need. Eight gigs. This is a single eight gig stick. It's all you need. And the SSD. This one is where is where it shines. Just because I can get this stuff cheap. And it's an M2. That's a really high data transfer rate. It's a, it's NVMe. Oh yeah, it, it's it's an Inland Basic. So it's a it's a generic name brand, but these things are good. They're they're not trash. They are solid. 256 gig. All it has to hold is the operating system and Plex. And that's it. That's all. Okay. 256 is more than enough to do that. And it is an NVMe drive, which means it's going to be super responsive. That's right. Yes. Now, let's go on to the storage. Uh, Western Digital Blue. One terabyte physical hard drive. This is where all of your movies, TV, music, pictures, whatever is going to be stored. But he and the dog, one terabyte will fill up a lot. That's not my problem, man. This is a starter thing. You, <laughs> you want to expand it with more hard it's drives? It's a storage hard drive. Buy your own. Yeah. Get another hard drive, man. It's okay. Plug yeah. it in. Terabyte's good. not bad. No, terabyte's, terabite's really pretty, pretty good for starting it out. And of course, I'm not going to cheap out on you for the 5,400 RPM hard drive. No, 7,200. No, that's right. Yeah. 7,200 hard drive. Come on now. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to pop for a 10,000 RPM. No, that's kind of pointless. I'm not going to do that because that's stupidly expensive. 7,200, it's good. You'll have a couple of seconds of buffer time before it starts. You're fine. Don't worry. The power supply. I overkilled this one. 550 watt power spec, 80 plus bronze power supply. This is completely unneeded because there's no graphics card in this thing. It doesn't require it. All of the, all the, all of the transcoding is done on the processor. Because it's the only thing the processor's doing. You're not running games off this thing. You're no, you're not films. running games off it. I, I could have thrown in a 430 watt power supply. It would have been fine, just fine. But I put a 550 in it because you know what? The the these power supplies, if you don't tax it, the the fan doesn't even spin. So nice. this will give it a silent factor for an extra five ten bucks. I'll pay for that. That's worth it. That's fine. Now what else we got? The motherboard. This one's a Gigabyte B450M DS3H. This is a micro ATX motherboard. It only has two PCIe slots, but it doesn't matter because there's not even a hard, there's not even a, a video card in it, so, so no one cares. But it's got great expansion for memory. It has overclockability if you really want to do that, which I don't think you will. It's got a lot of, uh, of uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, USB, USB three. Uh, now I'll get to that in a second. Why why that's important to me, but uh, it it is a robust board for what it needs to be. All right, is, like I said, this is not a super op overclocking gaming rig. This is more than enough to handle your Ryzen sixteen hundred, more than enough. And the star of the show, the case, the Thermaltake Core V twenty one. See. I didn't want to just give you a cheapo case, right? I didn't want to do that. That's bad. This case is stylish. 
It's rectangular box shape. You can actually put this on a media center and it could be a centerpiece. It looks good. That's what I wanted. I wanted it to look good. You don't have to hide this in a closet or in your junk room or whatever. No. It's classy. It's classy. You could show it off. And I'm going to make it so it's silent. You can have it in your living room. You could have it in your family room. You could have it in your main room. And unless you're less than a foot away from it, you're not going to hear it. You're just going to see it. Now, a couple things I did not put in. All right. A couple things I didn't put in because I don't think you should use it. I did not put in wireless connectivity because it's a bad idea for a media server. It really should be wired to your hub. It should be wired to your, uh, to your managed hub device, whether you have Comcast or whatever, where they have a, the, it's usually an all in one thing where it's a hub and a wireless hotspot, whatever should be wired to it because especially if you're on a tablet or a phone, or a laptop, you're wireless at that point. If you're wireless to your hub and then wireless again to your device, well, you're going to have a bad time. It's going to buffer a lot. In my experience, you can't watch 1080p with two wireless jumps. You have to turn it down to 720 or else you'll get buffering. That's just the way wireless works. It creates lag in the system. Right. It's not going to have the throughput. Exactly. So especially if you have lots of people using your wireless bandwidth, it, you know, you're going to take away from what the Plex server has. Unless you have a very high-end rig that you can dedicate so much bandwidth to two devices to make sure that doesn't happen. Well, that means your other devices are going to suffer. So wire it in. If you must, if you must, you can spend 10, 20 bucks, get a wireless card and pop it in. All right. It has a slot for it do that he doesn't recommend it but you can do that i don't recommend it but hey man you're gonna win it it's gonna be yours you could do what you want the other thing i i did not add is all is a giant hard drive now the reason i didn't because i don't use a job i know i have one two terabyte hard drive i use for my tv shows all of my movies all of my pictures all of my music it's all stored on a, uh, a USB hub, uh, a 10, uh, 10 port USB three hub that plugs into the USB three in the, in the back of my, of my server. And I, I, as I need more, I just plug in USB three sticks and then I, 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 uh, link it to Plex and I put movies, TV, music, uh, movies, pictures, music, whatever on it. And that's how I expand. I live I live next to a micro center, so I'm a little I'm a little lucky in that where I can get 256 gigabyte sticks for seven dollars and ninety nine cents. That's good. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's uh, the it's the micro center brand, and they have a 100 percent no no uh, no term warranty. If it fails, you bring it back, you get a new one. Very nice. I don't care if you bought it 20 years ago. Give it. They'll just exchange it for you for. For exactly the same thing and you go about your day plus i have you know eight uh different usb if i have a if i have a hard drive failure i'm losing one eighth of my collection not more 
That's so it, it gives it gives a measure of protection from hard drive failure, which can happen. Now, I feel says need... he'll send you fifty bucks to get him some two fifty six USB sticks. <laughs> hey, you know what? Whoever wins this, if if they wanna if they wanna PayPal me some some money, I'll go to Micro Center and get them all the USB sticks they want. All of them. I'll do it. Don't care. But anyway, uh, I'm, I don't want to say this, but listen, you, you probably figured it out by now. You pop in one more eight gig stick of Ram in this and a mid range video card. This thing's a gaming rig. This thing's a mid range gaming rig. Pretty much. It is. It is. You have to slip in a video card. Yeah. You have to what? Put a video card in would help. Yeah. Here, here, here's an example. Um, you can get an RX 570 on eBay for 80 to $100. Pop that in there. You can get a one eight gig stick of RAM on Amazon for 25 bucks. So for around a hundred bucks, you could turn this into a 1080p gaming rig. Easy. That you just did it. It's there. Done. But I know you wouldn't do that because it's a Plex media server. That's right. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's right. You wouldn't want to change that. No, Absolutely. of course not. You nope. Of course not. Nope. But that is what everyone's going to, not everyone, that is what someone is going to win when we finally hit all of our goals for for the amount of time and we have our giveaway. That is so true. So I hope you look forward to it. Tell your friends, have them subscribe to our YouTube channel. Tell them to think about giving, giving us five bucks a month to Patreon. That would be awesome. Doug said you want to upset and, uh, the PC he the dog built it. Yes. Yes. I have. I actually put a bomb in it. No, I didn't. Ooh. I No, this is, this is on the internet. I'm not going to say that. That's nope, right. Don't say that. that. Strike mark, that. Didn't mark, happen. Mark for edit. Mark for edit right there. Max it out. Edit for YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you turn it into a, a gaming PC, there there is a kill switch inside that will that will go off and it will it will be a, a 1998 hackers type logo, ha, 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 and it will <laughs> it will ruin your life or whatever. I don't That's know right. something. something like that will happen. <laughs> you have to get Penn Jillette to dehack it for you. There you go. Yeah, but th- that's what it's going to be. That's what you're going to win right here. I just gave it to you. That's it. Very nice. There Thank you, you the dog. You are welcome. All right. So, what are your thoughts on this, everyone? What do you think winning this stuff? I think it sounds pretty good. So, remember, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our Legion with 2 channel. Do that. It'll be great. And if you have any future tips for RNG topics, let us know. Because we want to know what you want to know. Because we will let you know that we know when you let us know what you want to know. Boom. So like, subscribe for more random things, nerd topics, games, anime stuff, nerd news, opinions, commentaries. If you have a topic suggestion, let us know. Join us for Folster's anime comic interviews, member only chat and giveaways, both the Q&A with with members and accounts for our Patreon giveaway goals where we give away stuff. Like this Plexer we just talked about. So thank you, everyone. Remember, be a legionnaire. And that is it for us, everyone. There you go. It is time to start good times. It is good time. I'm going to start playing the outro music, everyone, which sounds the same as the intro music, but different because it's quieter. So remember, everyone, check out 2020 is coming. Badge registration, 26th of January. Be there. Badges sign up are gone quickly. So be there expectantly, waiting, fingers ready to click on January 26th. Activity sign up, 17 May 2020. The event 
30 July to 2 August. Oh my gosh! Oh, no! You can talk about why Garth hates Chuck Austin. Chuck Austin sucks! Thank you, Zon. We appreciate it. Sheer shared rewards. Nice, doesn't chat. Yay! Thank you. That mega cheer. Wow. So, start playing now. Join Legion Myth at Gen Con. Stream schedule. We talked about it. Be there. Be awesome. Everyone. Yeah, thank you for the 50 followers. And leave it too. Join us in Discord. Discord. At Legion Myth. Tweet us. Watch us on YouTube. Slash Legion Myth. Twitch TV. Slash Legion Myth. Get our gear. Shop. Judgepressure.com. Slash Season of Myth. Impress your friends, intimidate your enemies, find love in your Legion with gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash of myth. Current goals, we just talked about that. Thank you for what we've met. Rally to meet the others. Thank you, everyone. Twitch subscribers, Patreons, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Remember, everyone, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. And have a great Diurnal Inaudible.